It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Mad Mondays here in the Sports Lodge, proudly presented by Co. who wants to wish all of you nothing but the best during these trying times. You can check him out online at bjarnco.com. That's B-R-C-O.com. Co. proud sponsor of Mad Mondays here in the Sports Lodge. With that said, here is the three-time manager of the year, two-time World Series champ, our guy, our skipper, Joe Madden. Joe, how are you? Good, brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, hanging in there. It was really tempting this weekend to get out and about in the uh, the hot Southern California weather. Tell us, uh, according to my inside sources, Joe, you have returned to SoCal. True? <laughs> I've uh, I, I took the trip across the desert a couple of days ago, and uh, we got I, I drove the RV over. We have the RV parked here, so now we have. Uh, it was, it was going back and forth between the condo and the RV just to give us like a little bit of beach time, too. So do you actually drive the RV yourself, or do you have like some guy named Chuck who wears a driver's hat and is officially Joe Madden's driver? No, I love to drive it. It's one of my favorite things, just to drive that RV. It's, um, it's really uh, 45-footer. It's got a 450 turbo engine, diesel engine. Um, it rides great. It, it drives great. It steers well. It brakes. It's got the air brakes, of course, and you sit up high. And the biggest thing about driving an RV, you just have to get used to your mirrors. Once you've gotten used to your mirrors, then you're good. Um, cause as you're looking forward, it's just like driving your car. You're just sitting up higher. But when you look in the mirrors, you have to understand how long it is. And that's, that's the adjustments you have to make. But I love driving it. What was the the single toughest thing for you to get used to when you started driving that big thing? Okay, the, to the right, the, the back right corner of the rig. So you're looking at your passenger mirror, especially at night. Right. And there's a lot of light popping in it. It's really, that's the part. So I, I do try to avoid driving at night, only when it's absolutely necessary will I drive at night. Uh, but for the most part, when we go on a long trip, we try to plan it so that we're in an RV park by about 536 o'clock. Hey, Joe, do you have a latest uh, GoPro project? I was going to do it on the drive over, but here's one of my issues. I uh, recently they put a new fridge in my RV because the other one broke. Um, so when they did that, they opened the door like they, they took the door off. And so now um, driving it, it was too loud. I, it was kind of annoying. And I, I, was, I would not have been able to do it. I was going to put the GoPro on and drive across the desert and do that. Uh, but the sound was just a little bit heavy, so I got to get that door fixed. Um, when, you, when you bring in a new fridge, just imagine in an RV, it's a regular residential fridge. you got to open that door way up, and I think they actually took it off. You have to take your front passenger seat out also to get things in and out. And I think somehow that might have messed with the uh, molding in there, so i got to get that fixed before I do that. But I, I'm thinking about some stuff, and, I, and it's probably going to happen over here in the, in the coast along here once we get riding the bike up and down the coast. Joe, we see today where the NFL is hopefully going to start six weeks later than usual, cancel the Pro Bowl, play the Super Bowl around February the 28th, or at least that's the plan. 
And as far as the NBA, they're going to let guys start going into facilities on May the 8th. Any update as far as not necessarily playing games without fans in attendance or anything like that, but do you have an update for us for even guys simply working out, maybe out at the Big A or anything? No, uh, everybody's still at home. Everybody's still doing what they have been doing. Uh, but, you know, the, the guys are working out in the manner that, uh, you know, I th- the thing we've been asking for is, like, for instance, if it's going to be like a – just say it's going to be a, a three-week. Just say a three-week um, kind of a routine to get ready to go to play. Um, we'd just like to know a week before that three-week begins to give our guys actually a month to really get their minds and bodies going in the right direction. But I don't – honestly, I don't anticipate it difficult ramping up physically. Um, I just – for me, the big concern is being off this long mentally. And then you have to uh, kick it back in gear. You're going to come back uh, with a different method, you know, playing at the ballparks. And um, what does that motivation feel like? And you know, right now we're all going to say the right things, and we're all excited. We want to get back. But um, what, what really does occur to the, you know, to the human competitive mind and heart? How do you feel when you go out there and actually there's nobody in the stands? Um, you know, we've all done it. My last taste of that was probably instructional leagues years ago. And even, even managing the devil race the first couple of years in Tampa Bay, you could say the same thing. Uh, but there's, there's going to be some adjustments to be made. And we're going to do that. We'll make the adjustments. But those are more of my concern. How would no fans in the stands at all affect your going out and arguing with an umpire game? <laughs> well, I mean, right now that's impacted just by uh, instant replay. Instant replay is the part that is really – I concerned about instant replay, although I do, I'm into it. My part, um, the part about it that bothers me a bit is that I think it has some track. The more technology in the game, the less passion. The more we rely on something that we think is infallible, the less passion we have to be human. Uh, we're not going to want to argue as much. We're not going to get engaged enough. We're not going to be as concerned or, uh, again, emotional about the outcome because it's being controlled by something that's more perfect than we are. And that kind of bothers me a little bit. Do you have to argue differently with each umpire's every guy different? Oh yeah, um, you know when you really like somebody, it's kind of a respectful, loud discussion, possibly. <laughs> and there's times when you know maybe you've had a an issue with somebody that it's much easier to actually get upset and argue. And uh, and guys that have been around a while that have known a long time, it's really hard, man, to do that. It just is. Uh, but it's kind of nice when a young guy comes up, maybe he's a little bit cocky, and then it's easier to get out there and get upset. Uh, but it's, it's just it's a human moment, man. Uh, you know somebody, you don't know somebody well, and that can impact exactly how uh, uh, vociferous or vehement you, know, you want to be. So getting back to possibly at some point playing games in, you know, we're hearing possibly in Arizona, Florida, and the great state mm-hmm. of Texas. If that were to be the case, what about playing games in Arizona in that desert heat? Because that can be brutal even at night. How do you feel about that? that I believe that Arizona could be brutal even at night. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, I've lived there. Uh, those are the kind of things that has to be uh, really, really thought about. So I'm talking, you know, like right now uh, we will agree to anything, and I will too. But as you're agreeing, just understand that you're going to walk into a situation that might be a little bit more difficult than you would imagine, a little bit more in the baseball sense. It's nothing to compare to what we're going through right now. In the baseball sense, athletically, competitively, you're playing for something. Um, the heat can really sap 
uh, your strength, man. And it could also uh, you could put a damper on your mood. Uh, you know, it's just it's just hard to get yourself ready to play in 100 plus degrees. Uh, it just is. Uh, I'll argue that with anybody. So I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. We'll see if it, everything could be parceled out enough that you can stay more in domes and not be um, so much on on exposed fields, or at least starting the game later. Uh, and I mean like eight o'clock late, uh, it's possible because it's tough, man. It's tough when you got to play that game. I've done instructional leagues for I don't know how many years, and that was day games in September and October. And normally the due date for getting below 100, I used to keep track of this. It was right around October 10th to 15th. That's when it would finally break 100. Um, so it, it's pretty warm. I asked you last week if uh, we do get to some kind of baseball here this summer about a six-man rotation. You told me that you wanted to do that before the shutdown. You talked to Billy about it several times. If I guessed right now a six-pack of Heaney, Tehran, Bundy, and Drees, Patrick Sandoval, and either Otani, now that he's throwing bullpens, or maybe a Griffin Canning, am I right on there, or did I leave a name out? So, I mean, I, I, I said you said uh, Heaney, uh, uh, Bundy, Tehran. Tehran, Andrees, Patrick Sandoval, and Canning, yeah. Am I in the yeah. ballpark? You're in the ballpark, sure. Yeah, I mean, those. Yeah, and don't don't forget uh, little Suarez too. Uh, I like him a lot, also. Um, like I'm telling you, man, our pitching is better than we've been given credit for. And I think um, by parsing out the work among these guys, um, uh, we're going to definitely keep him stronger and longer. And uh, not only this year, but in the future too. So it's it's an interesting concept. You have to have six of your life. My 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 weird concept thought is that. Sometimes it might be easier to find six that you like than five that you like. Um, you know, five guys having to work more consistently, uh, there's maybe a better chance for certain guys to break down and, uh, and the recovery is not as good, so the performance isn't there. But for six guys, there's more recovery time. You spread them out, and um, when they go out to pitch, they're fresher, and they feel better, and thus you're going to get a better product with less injuries. So it's, I think it's all possible. It's just... For us, it's it's uh, it's not as difficult to find find six that we like. Joe, I get killed on the radio whenever I bring up uh, Jose Suarez because I like him a lot, and people call the show and they say, "What are you talking about, host boy? He, his ERA last year was seven eleven. He, can you please explain to the audience why you believe in Jose Suarez and why he's going to be a pretty darn good major league pitcher?" Well, that's, I mean, you know, a young kid like that, there's a lot of reasons why he struggled like he did last year. I was, uh, you know, I listened and I found out, you know, different things as to why. Um, you should never worry about that. Uh, this kid killed it in the minor leagues coming on up. Uh, there's a lot of times when you get your first time through, especially the first time through the major leagues under those circumstances, um, it might not go your way. But there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Now, if he isn't talented enough, that's different. But he's definitely talented enough. He's got good stuff. Good delivery. Uh, he's got a great attitude. He's got um, he's got a nice mound presence too. Just it was just a confidence issue. That's all I could see it as. And so, part of big part of my job is to make sure that his confidence is intact. Uh, but no, this guy could be really good, actually, very good. And uh, so you never, you never. I mean, you know, people easily look at a number like that, and uh, we've been taught that it's a bad number, and the guy's probably not good. It's not necessarily true. How important is it for the Jose Suarez or the Patrick Sandoval's of the world to be coachable? They want to learn. They want to listen to what Mickey Calloway has to say. 
Of course it's important. I mean, uh, normally, uh, normally guys of that ilk coming along like they are, they're going to be coachable, all ears, that kind of thing. You're going to get the outlier once in a while. And, you know, in today's uh, version of baseball, where there's all these area code games and, you know, some kids definitely uh, become attached. A lot of, I mean, sometimes the college kids can become attached to this college coach at the point where it's a little bit more difficult to get your point across. And there's, there's all things you have to consider when you meet the guy and you talk to the guy and get to know the guy. So there's variables involved with all that. But uh, guys that came up the way uh, Patrick and Jose did, they're, they're pretty wide open, and they are wide open. So, uh, yes, it's important. Uh, but I also like when a guy's his own guy, too. Uh, you know, the fact that he um, knows uh, uh, to listen and knows what may help and then knows what to discard, all that's important. So, Joe, I'm watching some of the games they're showing on TV the last couple of weeks, that Angel Magical 2002 playoff run that Halo Honks will never forget, beating the Yanks in the Division Series, the Twins in the League Championship Series, Adam Kennedy's three-home run game. They're going to start showing the World Series tonight against the Giants. That team started out 6-14 and 14 before winning eight in a row to get even at 14-14 14 and 14 by May the 3rd. You were part of it, of course, part of Mike Sosha's coaching staff. When did you guys really start to think that that team could turn things around and do something special? Well, that was where my pop passed away. So I was actually in Pennsylvania, uh, I think, when it evolved to 6-14. and 14, And I, I, I happened to see the end of that game. I think, I think Myers hit a home run against Percy in Oakland uh, to put us at that point. Uh, Greg Myers, I think that's accurate. I'm not sure. Um and I, I saw the looks on the face. I'm not, I mean, I'm not there, but I can see it. I'm thinking, my God, this is this is bad. This is tough. So you get back out there, and um, you know, I'm trying to regroup as a person myself. Um, but the big thing for me was David Eckstein. I, I don't think that would have happened without David. None of it would have happened without David. Um, he was the spark plug. He was the glue. He was the he was the X factor. And uh, Grand Slam against Toronto. I looked that one up. I think he had two in the same weekend. Is that true? Um, I think it is. But I, I know think I remember that too. Right down the left field line, because that's the only spot he could reach. Um, <laughs> and and that, that was the, that was the catalyst. Because after that, we just we just started believing in ourselves. And then, you now as you're watching these games, you, sh- you should be very proud of the way that Angel team played baseball. I am I'm so impressed watching these guys on TV, uh, their attitude and their their grit and their toughness. And their their desire, they never quit. These boys never quit, man. Um, and you can see the the unity, the, uh, the the commonality among. It's all all present. My God, it's a great, it's a fun team to watch, man. And I'm I'm watching them like I'm seeing them for the very first time. And then I think, you know, I was there with a lot of these guys that were coming up in the minor leagues before they ever got to that point. It's really a pretty powerful thought for me personally. Uh, but watch the team. It's a real gritty. For real, could have played in any era kind of baseball team. Amongst the players that season, Joe, who were the true leaders in the clubhouse? Well, you know, uh, Ersty always uh, you know, exhibited that just by the look on his face. Uh, Ersty, with his eyes, can really uh, turn the situation around. I think Timmy Salmon uh, did a really nice job with that, too. Timothy. Um, we always had salmonisms. Uh, Timothy always came to say certain things that would make us laugh unintentionally. He borderline on being a uh, yogiism uh, sometimes with Timothy, <laughs> and it was it was always entertaining. But my goodness, 
Can anybody, I mean, this is a guy that I watched him all the way through the minor leagues. He can go, he go for three, punch out three times real before, and I mean this sincerely. And if the team won, the fish would be great in the clubhouse afterwards. And he might have had himself a good night. We lost. He was not absolutely, he was not happy. Um, I saw him come from two times getting hit in the face. Um, I've seen him overcome 165 strikeouts in Midland, maybe 100 in the first half. Um, and all the different things as he ascended, people told me he's not going to hit. They didn't like what he was doing. Anyway, they started his bat. The you know, major league manager and coaches come in instructionally and try to change him, and he held, he held strong. Uh, so I think Timothy has a lot to do with that, too. Percy, out of the bullpen, Percy had a strong voice there also. And, and Jared Wash, <laughs> Wash uh, you know, there were some, some veteran starters there, but Wash had this way about him. Uh, he had a cockiness, confidence about him that I loved, and I still do. Uh, he and I battle over which is the better cheddar cheese, Vermont or Wisconsin. And, of course, you know which one he's standing up for. Um, so, I mean, it was it was just great, great group. And I feel honored and proud to be part of it. Yeah, Washburn had that cockiness that led to 18 wins in that World Series championship year. Hey, when you guys won it out here at the Big A, what time did you leave the clubhouse that night? And where did you go well, for a little after-clubhouse celebration? That's a great question because uh, my family was all here. I think I think I went to my cousin uh, Bob's house. Was Michael Rick's, Michael Rick, was, is he still alive? Um, I think I went to cousin Bob's in, in Huntington Beach. I think that's where he ended up that night. I'm pretty sure. Uh, my kids were here. Uh, I had one grandkid at that time. Tyler was here. Um, so it was that. I, I Believe me, I took care of business in the clubhouse. I'm pretty good at celebrating. <laughs> and that was a great, that was a, that's a great group. That coaching staff, Bigelow Bobby Ramos, Buddy Black, uh, Mickey Hatcher. This is, this is the kind of group that you do want to celebrate with. Uh, there are fabulous. Some guys, you know, they're great guys, just didn't get into it as much, but we had some dudes that know how to celebrate among the coaches. So um, that whole run there, man, I was a mess that whole run. That pops, my pop is, uh, uh, you know, leaving us at that time. And uh, there, was, there was a lot going on for me emotionally that year. Uh, so when he got down to the final, I have a great picture of all of us standing. So Scrabbis brought, him into, brought us into his office. We were standing in front of the clock. I think it was 10 to 10 p.m. And we're there, and the uh, photographer took a picture, and I got a cigar in my mouth, placing up a nice bottle. And uh, it kind of uh, it had kind of that, that Cheers look that you saw with Cheers, a TV show. Absolutely love that picture. What was uh, Sosha's celebration game like? Could he bring it? Oh, uh, yeah, Sosha, um, you know, Sosha under those circumstances, he's going to bring it a little bit, but he's not going to let it go. <laughs> as a manager, it's tough to let it go as a manager. As a bench coach, you can let it go as much as you want. As a pitching coach, yeah. Managers, you always feel like this need to, to just rein it in just a little bit. And I still, until this day, like right now, I, I'm not nearly the celebrator I once was. God, I'm so disappointed in myself. But, I mean, Sosh had a good time. Sosh was always funny. But he also knew where to draw the line. And I think the title manager forces you to do that. Okay, biggest difference in your celebration as the Angels bench coach in 2002 <laughs> as opposed to the Cubs manager who won the World Series in 2016. 
Well, I mean, I, I'm getting a ride home uh, as a stage coach. Um, I wasn't just pouring that champagne over everybody. I was actually <laughs> drinking it. And the big thing was Patron. That was a big drink for us then. Benji Gill would come around with the shots of Patron. So since then, every time I'm in the playoffs and we advance, it's Patron. I need to have a bottle of Patron in there too. So it's a combination of Patron, beer all over you, and then and whatever. The, I can't remember exactly what the champagne was. And I'm not a champagne guy. So when I do drink that, I'm not good. So um, it's, it's a slurry word kind of an evening. And you, need, you definitely want to ride home. Joe, when you left when you left the Angels to manage the Tampa Bay Rays, did you always, in your heart of hearts, feel that you'd be back here in the Angel organization at some point? Yeah, in, in heart of hearts, I didn't know how, I didn't know you know what uh, title, but I thought I would uh, at some point. I did. Um, that said, I, I didn't know as a manager. I didn't know if at some point they would want you to be like a front office consultant. Uh, Anything within the I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, but when you go away and you come back like I have right now, at that point you, you don't know and it's not as clear. But when you do what I've just done, it's very clear uh, why you want to do it and why it's the right thing to do and, and what it means uh, to me personally and what I'm, I hope to bring to bear for the group. So um, sometimes you think you know, but you, you got to really walk through it to actually uh, figure it out. So right now, I could not be happier. And real quick here, do you have a Shohei Otani update for Angel fans everywhere? Um, I just said he's throwing and he's doing well. Um, we'll have, uh, what is today? Today is Monday. I'll have the, an update on uh, Wednesday. I'll get back to the coaches' Zoom on Wednesday, so I'll know more then. Nothing new to report. He's doing well. Uh, there's no regress. It's been all progress. So I'm anticipating a good result right now. And as a guy who had the ultimate success in one of the great sports cities in our country, Chicago, uh, I know you've been watching The Last Dance on Michael Jordan. Did you watch last night, episodes three and four? Not yet. I saw one, two last night. Uh, God, I bought Jay a bike, so we're going to go out riding right now. We're going to get to this um, heavy bike riding. I was into it in Arizona. Then when I came over here, uh, again, to join up with her. So now we're going to go out and do this more consistently. We were beat last night. I couldn't even watch TV. So we're going to go out and do it again <laughs> right now. Then, But I, w- I want to uh, um, sit outside of the RV and uh, there's a pretty good TV out there and sit out there maybe with a nice glass of wine and watch some of it. It's fascinating stuff. I mean, it really demonstrates Michael Jordan and, and why he had the success that he did. Uh, just a different level of viciousness on his part. Who's the greatest competitor you've ever come across in Major League Baseball? Wow, there's, that's that's a tough one. There's a lot. I mean, um, honestly, that's that's God. Uh, I mean, I love Darren Erstad. I love all my angel guys, uh, Timothy, Garrett, the whole group. Uh, Derek Jeter, uh, Cal Ripken stands out also. Uh, Derek I've always loved the fact that he always ran hard to first base. Always, even when he was hurt. Somehow he'd run, he'd bust his butt to first base. And then Cal, uh, Cal for me, demonstrated that he understood, but as, as well as anybody, that it, is just, that it is a game. He was constantly playing a game within the game. Meaning, uh, like before the game, when he was taking ground balls, he'd have to always throw the ball back into the fungal hitter and hit inside the circle. When he was going out for defense, after being on the bench and coming out to play D, 
you have to run a pass pattern to be covered by one of the middle, you know, the second baseman. Um, always playing a game. And then when it mattered, you know the guy was going to be there. I mean, they just, they were just so good. Edgar Martinez, I don't think that's enough credit. Uh, Puppy, you know, how he would uh, respond to big moments. Um, uh, like I said, that's a tough one. There's so many wonderful competitors within our game. Otherwise, it would never survive. Great stuff from Angel Manager Joe Madden here on yet another Madden Monday in the Sports Lodge. And Joe, I'm so I'm I'm gonna let you go in two seconds here, but I'm thrilled sure. that your wife Jay is there with you. So you guys are about to go on a bike ride, correct? That's what you're yep. gonna do right now? Yep. Okay. So yep. let me tell you, when I first met my wife Pamela, we had lunch mm. on Sunset Boulevard at a place called the Gaucho Grill. Joe, mm. my hand to the late, great Jim Fregosi, who is my God. I'm telling you, I'm a, this is the truth. When my wife walked into the Gaucho Grill, I knew she was the one. Now, mm -hmm. according to my research, when you first laid eyes on Jay at the Rossmore Athletic Club, my question mm -hmm. is, did you know that's the one? It's going to happen. Um, it, was, uh, it was pretty much... Uh, um... I was smitten. I have to admit that. Yes, <laughs> uh, but, it, but it but it did took a, it took a while, but we've gotten it together. And uh, yeah, she's pretty she's pretty uh, dynamic. Um, she runs everything that we do now. Um, she, she's she's a, she's a really uh, beautiful, competent woman, and um, um, she definitely uh, came to me at the right time for me personally. Oh, Joe, that's so awesome to hear you rave about your bride. I love that. Uh, and don't forget, a week from this Sunday is Mother's Day. Just wanted to remind you. Well, I'm calling Beanie tonight. We've already set it up. We've got a 8.30 her time, 5.30 our time. So we're going to go ride right now. We should be done, oh, in about 45 minutes or so. And then get back to the RV and uh, give Beanie a blast tonight, see how she's doing. Joe, have a beautiful ride with your beautiful bride. And as always, truly, truly appreciate the time. Thank you, sir. Anytime, buddy. You take care, man. Bye. You do the same. That's Joe Madden, the skipper of the Angels, on yet another Madden Monday.